Listening to the Vince Quinn Show, weekend overnights on CBS Sports Radio. Hello, my friends. Yes, Vince Quinn here on CBS Sports Radio. Good to be back. Missed last week. Had uh, my sister got married. So great wedding. Had a great time. I put on, I want to say, rough estimate, 15 pounds. It's all love weight. It's all it's all happy weight, if you will. And uh it, it's good to be back. But we got a lot of stuff to talk about tonight because I mean there was game five of the finals, right? Duh. So a lot of stuff to get into with this one because the game was crazy. This was a crazy, wild, fun, awesome, exciting, just everything that you could ask for kind of game five from the Bucks and the Suns tonight. And one, let's, let's just get this right off the bat. Let's get what the game sounded like from the side of the Bucks. Booker driving, lifting. Taking a three. No good. Rebound in the air. Picked up by Booker. A steal. No, Holiday didn't get it. Paul for three. Game over. Bucks win. 123 to 119. It is 3 2 Bucks with a chance to clinch a championship at home on Tuesday night at Five Serve Forum. From Ted Davis, my new favorite radio guy. I mean, just absolutely awesome. Every time, every play that I hear Ted Davis, I just love that guy. He's he's fantastic. But you hear the energy that he's got going on right now. And I mean, what a time to be alive in Milwaukee. What a time to be alive. How great this must be. How fun this must be. I mean, seeing people on like Buck Place or whatever they call it, Deer Park. I forget. I don't know what they call it out there. Deer District. Yeah, that for all the people out there jumping around, having a great time, bango the buck, just having a ball, you know, like, good for them. Good for them. Because you know what? I say all of this, admittedly, a little egg on my face. Just a, just a little bit. I might have, you know, I might have gotten a little excited last week. Saw the sun's up 2-0. And, uh, yeah. We had a little conversation about how the finals were over. And we're going to burn that tape. We're going to burn it. We're never going to talk about it again. It never happened. And uh, we'll move on from here because, my God, as much as I thought the Suns had this thing locked up, I mean, sitting there going, hey, can the Bucks win four of the next five games? No chance. No chance. And here we are now. They win three straight. They win tonight 123 to 119. And I got to tell you, I, th- I think I'm hearing something. Well <laughs> Yeah, that's the fat lady singing. It's over, folks. It's over. It's over. And for a lot of reasons. But the main one, Chris Paul's not the same guy you saw at the beginning of this series. That's it. It's it's really that simple. I mean, for the Bucks, you've got all of these great things that have come together over the last couple of games. And credit is due 
everywhere. I mean, you look at the Bucks and all the people that have contributed and the ways that this thing has turned around slowly, methodically, and also at times just completely crazily uh, over the last three games. There's just, you look at everybody and there's praise to be had everywhere. We'll start with Giannis, who's played out of his mind, been absolutely phenomenal through the playoffs as a whole. But once he figured that out in the net series, once he really took that turn in the net series, he's just been unbelievably great. I mean, this is the beginning of legacy stuff, right? This is what it becomes. When you get Giannis multiple games, back-to-back, 40 points in the NBA Finals, that's the kind of stuff you go, yep, like this is a legend in the making right here. This is a guy that played on a hyper-extended knee in game one and gave you, what, 20 points, 17 rebounds? Like, what Giannis has done in these finals, it's been incredible. You are finally, and you think of some of the frustrations when you watch the Bucks over the years, some of the things to be critical about. Part of it was he wasn't playing enough minutes. Giannis tonight, 41 minutes, 32 points, 9 rebounds, 6 assists, you know, four from 11 from the line. He's, you know, that's kind of a Giannis stat line. But 32 points, you know, it, it, it's another win. He is the driving force. Like, there was a moment late in the game where the Suns are coming back. And, I mean, that team was charging back late. It, it, with the last two and a half minutes of that game, just wild, 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 wild stuff. And one of those really big clutch moments, and it's funny because you got both sides. You got... Giannis, first off, he drives, he gets an end one, he hits it, great. N- nice nice drive, good jab into the heart of the Suns there. Then there's a moment late in the game where, you know, Giannis is going to the line and he misses both of the free throws. And then, as the Suns are still right in it there at the end, well, you get an alley-oop, Drew Holiday, he gets a turnover, he goes down the floor, he lobs it up to Giannis, Giannis slams it home. And you had a pretty good idea at that point that the game was over. So to see that everything came together like this for Giannis specifically in this playoff run, everything that he's been able to do, I mean, my goodness, what a run. What a run for a guy that when he was drafted, everybody's like, we have no idea what this thing is. Like, We have a guy from Greece, so you don't exactly see him. You don't have the same kind of college tape. They call him the Greek freak. That's great, but he's incredibly raw. He's this big, gangly, skinny kid. And then he puts on all this weight, and, and he just keeps getting better and better. And then he wins MVPs. And, and to see everything that's happened with Giannis in Milwaukee, it's amazing. I mean, really, seeing where everything has gone over these past couple of years with Milwaukee, it's amazing. And for them to be on the doorstep now of going and winning the finals, I can't imagine how electric it is outside of the building and inside of the building. I mean, for the people in the organization, the kind of buzz, the kind of energy, how do you sleep? I mean, really, like if you're on the Bucs, if you're in the front office of the Bucs, how do you sleep on a night like this? Oh, my God, the excitement. Oh, my God, the opportunity. It's completely unbelievable. And that's why, here's one of the things, I'd like to do this just right away. First off, obviously, for the people in Milwaukee, I mean, watching the series, being a part of all of this, how are you feeling? 855-212-4227, what is it like out there? And for the people of Phoenix, who, that crowd has been amazing all playoffs uh, long. They've been phenomenal. 
And through this game, nothing but just loud and the countdowns on Giannis and all that different stuff. They were doing everything. There was a guy, I don't know if you saw this, but he became a, an instant internet celebrity. There was a guy on the Suns that as Giannis was shooting foul shots, he just started counting $100 bills. He just did like no idea where these things came from. No idea if they're real or not, but he's just standing there and just, all right. Uh, at, at, Cause Giannis is at the line. So you're just hearing one, two, three. And he's just passing bills from one hand to the other. I, I, I don't understand why any of that is happening, but it's interesting. It's interesting. And the Suns fans, like they just brought this weird, fun, crazy energy to everything. But man, how deflated do you have to feel when they lose game five like that? The third straight game. That's your home game. Now you're down. Now you're going to Milwaukee. Chris Paul hasn't been the same dominant guy since game one. And you got a lot of questions. It's an ugly place to be. I mean, it's a really ugly place to be. For the Suns, again, the fat lady has sung. It's it's over. It's just over for them. <laughs> That's a recording of me, actually, by the way. I get, I get to a very nice register, and uh, I'm available for parties. But when you look at everything going on here in this series, and, and in this game, too, like there is so much love to go around when you look at Milwaukee, the way all of this has come together, because it's not just Giannis. It is Chris Middleton to have the game before where Chris Middleton scoring in the 40s. He's hitting all these clutch shots. He had a moment tonight where tight game. They might have even been down at this point. I got to remember, there was just so much that went on the last couple of minutes. But there was a point, I mean, Middleton's got the ball. Devin Booker is all over him. I mean, he is all over him, which Devin Booker in the last couple of games has gotten away with a couple of fouls for being all over people. But Booker's all over Chris Middleton. He's at the three-point line. He just creates space out of nowhere. He just has this nice little step back, like fadeaway three-pointer, and he drills the shot. And you just go, wow. You know, I'm constantly in awe of the guy. It's just incredibly fun to watch him when he's on. And he was on. He was on when they needed him tonight. He was on all through the last game. And he's a big part of why this thing is coming together. I mean, to look at this team up 3-2, you got to give a lot of props to Chris Middleton. You got to give it to the front office for going and making the Drew Holiday trade. Because Drew Holiday, I mean, this was, if you're going to call games like certain player games... You can easily call this the Drew Holiday game. I mean, the impact that Drew Holiday had tonight was everything for the Bucks. Everything. Just absolutely phenomenal. The defense that he's playing, I mean, the assignments that he's had all throughout the series and the progress they've made since game one. Um, but for him to be so disruptive on defense constantly, having a couple of moments where he's involved in either tipping the ball out or making the steal himself and then taking it down the floor. And again, the alley-oop to Giannis. There's just so many different things that he did. He had so many key moments tonight. And there's points in the game where there's been points in the series, there's been points in the playoffs where Drew Holiday's getting ready to take a shot and you go, yeah, I'll take that. Like if I'm the Suns or if I'm the Nets or if I'm the Hawks, I'll take it. I'll take a Drew Holiday jump shot. He can go after it. He can go and try and take it because odds are he's going to miss. He was phenomenal tonight. 12 of 20 from the floor, 3 for 6 from 3, 27 points, 13 assists 
from Drew Holiday. And again, that goes with all of the defense. Only two turnovers, three steals, a block. It just ridiculous. Just a really ridiculous night for Drew Holiday. I mean, he's got to be feeling good after this one because he was supposed to be the missing piece. This was it. This was the final guy. This was the big three that you're trying to build. And when you see him have this kind of game in this moment to swing the series, to have that momentum all going back to Milwaukee for game six to clinch the finals, unbelievable stuff. Unbelievable. So, yes, credit to Drew Holiday, credit to Giannis, credit to Chris Middleton, but credit to the front office. It's just, it's everybody. Budenholzer. There's just, you look at everything that the Bucks have done now, and it's all lining up. And, and the tough thing is that when you look at the Suns, I don't know what you do. How do you fix this? I mean, if you're a Suns fan right now, if you're rooting for the Suns, what do you do? What's the argument? Chris Paul just gets healthier, right? It's, A, the left wrist. He's not quite the same. Hopefully he can figure that out. It gets a little bit better. And he's all right. Now, he said, I mean, they asked him about it, and he goes, he's fine. But every athlete is going to say they're fine. And also, if he didn't, imagine the scenario, right? Chris Paul, hey, uh, Chris, are you fine? And he goes, actually, guys, let me tell you, my wrist is, is banged up pretty bad. And I have a lot of trouble with it. You know, it gets really sore. It gets tight. It's hard to turn. Dribbling a basketball, doing a lot of the moves I, I normally do. I can't do it the same way. He had a moment later in the game tonight where he passed the ball to the corner. He was driving in. He had some space. He goes to throw it to the corner. And it's a terrible pass. I mean, it's a terrible pass. The guy he was throwing it to had to, like, jump sideways out of bounds, try to wrangle the ball, and throw it back in. It was a turnover. It was a Bucks basket. Chris Paul doesn't have it right now. And if he comes out to the podium and says it, he's going to get eviscerated. People never like hearing that injuries are a problem. So, yeah, he's going to say, you know, the the wrist is fine and everything's good. But he's not the same guy. And that has been everything for the Suns. I mean, think about just a couple of games ago. Was it a week and a half ago? Two weeks ago? After game one? And the story is Chris Paul. Chris Paul, the veteran, the guy who has his big moment, the guy who's ready for the finals with a team of young guys that are surprisingly ready for the finals because Chris Paul got them to this point where they are ready for the finals. And how much things have changed. I mean, it's pretty wild stuff. It's pretty wild stuff. And for the Suns, you just throw your hands up at some point. I mean, they played a great game. They did. It was close. But they got a little sloppy down at the end. They had some rough defense in the second and third quarter. And they just couldn't recover. So, are you hearing that fat lady sing? Is this over? Is this the Bucks to win? Is, is it done? Because... <laughs> yeah, I, I just don't see it happening for the Suns. So... 855-212-4227. That's how you join the show. We're coming to you live from the Rocket Mortgage Studios. Need to know what it takes for a home to fit your budget and your family? Rocket Ken. So when we come back, let's get a little bit more into the coaching. That's what I want to look at. I want to look a little bit more into the coaching side of this equation, how things have changed throughout the series, and what you consider the difference on each side. So that's all coming up next. I'm Vince Quinn with you here on CBS Sports Radio. We'll be right back. You're listening to the Vince Quinn Show on CBS Sports Radio. It's such a good vibe. 
You're listening to the Vince Quinn Show on CBS Sports Radio. So I haven't been listening to Marky Mark and the Funky Bunch all that much, uh, although they do have a deep, illustrious catalog. Uh, but I've been listening to Boston a lot lately. So related, related. Like, I get on kicks where I listen to songs just over and over again, and and you might be like, Vince, so what does that mean? You listen to a song like two, three times in a row? No. What I mean is, I'll listen to a song again and again and again and again and again. I listen to, for whatever reason, uh, Foreplay, Long Time from Boston, which... That song's amazing. It's been such a long time. You know, it's, oh, that song's great. Uh, I listened to it in a 24-hour span, like, at least 30, 35 times. True story? Uh, 100% true. 100%. Like, I just put it on repeat, and I was walking around my apartment, and then I would get in the car, and that was the only song I was playing, and... <laughs> I just played it nonstop. I just I just get hooked on certain songs. And that song is just it's for whatever reason it just hit me in the right way. And I was like, you know what? I'm just playing foreplay forever. I'm just I'm just gonna play this song forever until I get sick of it, which still not sick of it yet. I'm not playing it over and over now, but it's it's still in the mix. So anyway, um, let's talk about Milwaukee and Phoenix. Now that we've been talking about Boston, huh? See what you see what I did? Graceffo, did you see what I did? I mean, that's pretty it's pretty smooth there, huh? It was something. Pretty smooth? It was... Pretty smooth. It was... Okay. That's why this is a morning show. I'm sure. Yes. Again, yeah, my check would be bigger. Yes. Uh, <laughs> I mean, physically, just, do, you, do you want just like larger checks yeah, I'd want, like, for the one of those, same amount? I'd want one of those checks that like golfers get when they, when they yeah. finish high in a tournament, but for the same amount of money. It would feel good. Even if you got a giant check for like five bucks... That'd be awesome. Like, I've, I've never been handed a giant like, check before. Uh, do I go to the bank with this? Yeah. <laughs> what do we do? Does someone else actually write a real check? Is there is there a big ATM that you can... <laughs> Happy Gilmore had all those checks in his car. <laughs> He's got these big cardboard slats. <laughs> it's not real check. He's like, what do I do with these? <laughs> This is valuable American currency. I need to cash these in. <laughs> let's let's get back to the NBA true finals. Story. Yeah, it's oh well. The the giant check thing is just more of a belief than a true story. But yes, yeah, so that is exactly how I feel. So I still don't think it'd make me feel better if even if no? I got a giant check from this place. Really? Yeah. No. No. Come on, nice giant. You have you ever been handed a giant check? No, but okay. I mean, when it's for you know. For what I get, I mean, it, <laughs> it literally says a pittance on yeah, the yeah, check. Yeah, yeah. You have a whole this giant. It's, it's five feet what wide. I, get, I mean, what I get. I mean, yeah. you, you know, it doesn't matter what size the check is. <laughs> so, yeah, because then it's about the size of the check. But anyway, uh, go go back to the finals here. So, a lot of stuff to get into. Obviously, the game was crazy, fun, insane, right down to the wire. As much as it felt like after the second quarter, where. You know, the Suns had such a big lead after the first. You go, okay, like this is this is pretty interesting. You know, nice little turnaround here. They're at home. They're hitting a lot of shots. This all makes sense. And then halfway through the second quarter, that lead is gone, and the Bucks are ahead. You're like, wait, what? Like, what just happened? Like, I, I walked away for a minute. It felt like, and the game had totally flipped. And then for the third quarter, Bucks just keep building on that lead. But then slowly but surely. I mean, there was like five different times 
where the Suns missed a shot in the last five minutes. And I was like, yep, that's it. It's over. They're just, they're not going to get past being down eight points. And then Devin Booker's pulling up. Devin Booker, who is playing out of his mind, okay? He would have had 50 if he didn't get all those fouls in game four. And, you know, the Suns probably win that game. But anyway, Devin Booker had one of those crazy, just like, falling over three-point dagger. Like, it was just, it was such an awesome, well, I guess dagger's not right because they lost. But just like big moments, super clutch, crazy, ridiculous three-pointer there at the end. And uh, it just, it it didn't matter. And I feel for the guy. He's putting up 40 points a night right now. He's putting up 40. He's doing his job. But it's just not enough. So if you want to talk about it, let's talk about it. 855-212-4227. You can also join the show on Twitter at James Graceffo, CVS. Uh, I said CVS, and it's, it's at, it's, that's not even your handle. That was, a, that was a total flop. Anyway, let's go to, uh, <laughs> like a lot of players in the NBA Finals, it was a total flop. Let's go to uh, Richard in Phoenix. Hello, Richard. Hey, how you doing tonight? I'm doing all right. How are you doing? Doing good. Oh, I want to talk about the Suns' uh, perimeter defense. I mean, that kid out of Notre Dame just kills us. Um, he's just, uh, I don't know what the answer is, no, but I don't know. What do you think? Well, Are they playing good perim- perimeter defense? or? No? Well, yeah, I mean, they're trying to change things up, too. I mean, there's been switches. Uh, Devin Booker was put on Chris Middleton. At some point, uh-huh. and, and there was points where he was all over him, but just Middleton's so good at creating space and hitting a shot that yeah. at some point, like, you you can have the best defender in the world on you, but if you're right. almost as good on offense, odds are you're going to score. I mean, there's just so many ways to do it, to create that. It's just that, like, little shove, a quick step back, and suddenly you got three mm-hmm. feet of space, and that's all you need. It's just it, that's such a tough thing about the NBA. You, you can have great defense, sure, but... Guys that can score on some level are literally unstoppable. Yeah, you got that. You got that right. There's no doubt about that. But uh, so with the Suns going forward, it, of course, uh, to get Milwaukee on a plane, what do you think the Suns have to do? In your opinion? Well, one of the things you got to do is honestly, I try to put it back in Drew Holiday's hands next game. Just for him, you want him taking shots because generally throughout the series, throughout the playoffs, he's not a big-time scorer. He's missed a lot of shots. If you can put the pressure on him there, if you're fouling Giannis as much as you can and making him work for all of his points, that's going to be a good benefit to you. So that's some of the stuff that you can do. And part of it is you just, like, whatever you got to do, because I don't know how you fix a wrist. So I don't know what you can do for Chris Paul's hand to get that right. But whatever you can do... Uh, you got to figure that out because he's not the same guy, and it's killing him. Yeah, I'm hoping uh, Cam Johnson steps up. (laughs) Well, yeah, it's tough. It's tough because he's had good moments, but generally he's getting you like six points a night, and Richard, I appreciate it. Like, that is is part of the problem. You know, they've got solid guys on the bench, but it's just not enough production. Cam Payne, Cam Johnson, just not enough. Now let's go to uh, Mike in Milwaukee. Hello, Mike. Hey, Vince. I called a few times when you were filling in for Amy. Mm-hmm. Great show. Thank you. Uh, Thank you. Is this your first Milwaukee call? Uh, no, uh, because, you know, especially with the finals over the last couple of weeks here, 
I've been dying to talk today. to people from Milwaukee. Today. Oh, today. Yeah, I think you're my first Milwaukee call today. So, so what is you know, what is I it like in drunk. Milwaukee? I get drunk at home so I can call you. Now, that's that's what the show. I think that's the slogan of the show. Get drunk at home and listen to Vince Quinn. Just stay off the road, please. I, I don't need that. But any, uh, anyway. Yeah, Connington, Notre Dame, the white fright. Uh, now this guy with the strip club hundreds. <laughs> we got the real Chris Middleton. Money. I'd rather have that. True well, holiday. Yeah. Went through the COVID, playing out of his mind. That steal he had on Booker. If they would have called a foul, I would have took a plane down there and killed that ref. All right, let's. I think we've had enough. Um, you know, on some level, it's one of the weirdest things about the job. You just never know. You just never know what's going to happen. Vodka. Yeah, that's and that's what he said. I mean, he was upfront about the whole thing. He's like, "Listen, Vince, I like to drink a lot of booze, and then I call into the show." <laughs> So be it. So be it. Uh, I mean, I can't control who's listening, who's calling, you know. So, anyway, uh, 855-212. What better time to give the out the... The guy is drunk. Yes. What, what better time to give out the number than now? 855-212-4227. That's how you join the show. 855-212-4227. I'm Vince Quinn. And you can join the show on Twitter at it's Vince Quinn. So do not go in there. Yeah, uh, that was that was a mess. Now let's uh, let's get back to the Bucks here a little bit because the big three that they've got is an interesting group of players, right? Like you you look at the collection of the three guys and how they all fit together. It's a very strange thing because your your typical leading scorer is. Not the superstar. You know what I mean? Like, or, or rather, he's not your closer. And that's a weird thing to think about. You think of all of the great teams in the NBA. You think of all of these great names in the history of the sport. And they're usually guys that you give the ball to in the final seconds. Right? Hey, you need a shot. The game's on the line. Who gets the ball? He's in isolation. He's taking his guy to the rim. He's going to work it for an open three. Like, whatever it is, you've got some guy. Kobe, Jordan, LeBron, like all those classic guys. Now Damian Lillard, the hot commodity. He's somebody late in the game. You need somebody to hold the ball. He's going to take the shot. Jimmy Butler with the heat last year. There's guys that close. Those are your stars. Giannis isn't that. I mean, it's just, it's very strange. It's very strange to go, this is the best player. This is the MVP. By the way, if you want to win the game in the vital moments of the playoffs, of the finals, you're not necessarily dying to give him the ball. Because the game's different, right? It's, we know playoff basketball is different. We know that late in the game, the basketball is different. And the fact that Giannis isn't the guy and... You know, Drew Holiday, who, again, phenomenal, 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 phenomenal night from him. Just, he did everything. It was the best game he's had. I mean, really, you can't ask for anything better than that from Drew Holiday. But you go to Middleton, 
You know, it's just, it's so interesting to see that complimentary pair work like that and be this effective. Hey, our best player can't score at the end of games. He's not built for that. He's bad at the line. So we're going to give it to our second best player. And you know what? He gets the job done. He's just so, he's so clutch, man. I mean, at the very least, because there's so many times where he's cold early and then he just blows up like third quarter. The Bucks are down. Here comes Chris Middleton for, I don't know, 17 points in a quarter. And you watch all three of those guys and, and what they've accomplished as a group. is just a really cool thing to see. So really enjoying all of this. That's the thing. As much as I thought the Bucks were toast, and clearly I was dead wrong about that when it was 2-0, I'm glad I was wrong. It's a great series. It's been a joy to watch, and we've got at least one game left of it. So if you want to get in, you want to talk about it, 855-212-4227. That's how you join the show, 855-212-4227. I'm Vince Quinn with you here on CBS Sports Radio. You can also join the show on Twitter at It's Vince Quinn. That's all one word, It's Vince Quinn. When we come back next... Somebody whose name has been wrong all along. You're listening to the Vince Quinn Show on CBS Sports Radio. CBS Sports Radio. Listening to the Vince Quinn Show, weekend overnights on CBS Sports Radio. All right, yes, Vince Quinn here with you on CBS Sports Radio. And it is pronounced Quinn. I say that because it's really amazing what you don't know about certain people, right? Travis Kelsey, I don't know if you saw it this week, but Travis Kelsey did an interview. Graceffa, you look confused. Did you see this? Did you see this whole story? No, I heard about it. Okay, yeah. So, Travis... I just look like that all the time. Oh. <laughs> you're, you're just examining your life as you look at me over here. Like, what have I done wrong? <laughs> so, I understand. Every week, bud. <laughs> yeah, how do you think I feel when I look in the mirror? All the mistakes. What have I done? Oh, my God. So, yeah, Travis Kelsey earlier this week, he's doing an interview and just very casually during the whole thing. He's like, yeah, so, you know... Uh, it's like everybody calls me Kelsey, but growing up it was, it's technically Kels and he just kept going. Like he didn't, that wasn't the statement. It was like, he just, he got into all this other stuff. Like it was a little side note. What? Yeah. That's the thing. It's like, wait, hold on a second. Okay. We're talking about Travis Kelsey, one of the biggest names in the NFL, a Super Bowl champion, one of the best tight ends in football. He is a well-known well-respected, well-liked commodity. He had his own reality television dating show a couple of years ago. I think it was called The Perfect Catch. I got to... Okay, hold on. Now now, now we got to do some Googling. All right, Travis Kelsey reality show. Okay, and... Uh, true story? Yeah, oh, 100% true. Catching Kelsey. There you go. So, here's the thing. Again... It's supposed to be actually catching Kels. Kels. Outrageous. Absolutely outrageous for a lot of reasons. Because also, his brother is a Super Bowl champion and a well-known, well-respected, one of the best players in football. Jason Kelsey 
in Philadelphia. So you have these two brothers that are very well-known, established veteran stars that have both won titles. Jason Kelsey, if you've never seen it, by the way, has given the single greatest speech that you will ever see from any champion ever. Watch Jason Kelsey's Super Bowl speech and be amazed. Who cares? Not me. How dare you? Okay, how dare you? Have you seen that speech? Have you seen it, Crescepho? Yeah, I saw it three years ago. Yeah, and it's the... Who, like, what do you it's mean? Over. Who, it, who cares? It's, it's How a, dare great. you? Who cares It was a special over? moment for you. It's one of... The guy is dressed it's up. It's not a special moment for everyone else. He's a sequin leprechaun yelling and screaming, and it's the greatest 10-minute rant. But that doesn't rant. mean it's a special for everyone. Oh, it's gold. It's special for you. It's gold. That is one of the greatest speeches ever given in sports. It is magic. Who it's, cares? Not me. Yeah, that's garbage on your part. Garbage. Now, for both of those guys to be going their whole lives with their name pronounced differently than what it actually is, is hysterical. Was that a new report or an old report? It's a new report. Now... The thing... But did you... Uh, hang yeah. on, I don't want to interrupt you. I, I'm sorry. Well, but did you yeah. see uh, they put out a video with the story? Like, and he's introducing himself before a playoff game, and he says Kels. Really? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It might have been like the AFC Championship game two years ago, where like everybody introduces themselves in these special playoff games. Yeah. And when they do the lineup, and he says Kels in the thing. Wow. Yeah. So everyone must have been like, wow, that was weird, or they just forgot about it, didn't notice yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. And there you go. And the fact that, like, his brother obviously doesn't care, or Travis is an idiot. It's either one or the other. Well, yeah, because, I mean, that's the thing. Like, I literally have worked in Philly for years. I was born and raised in Philly. Like, I know I've heard the name Jason Kelsey said in my lifetime Ten hundred thousand billion jillion times. That's not a real number. <laughs> it is an accurate, exact number. It's only math that exists in Philly, but it is real. And never heard Kels once. Never heard Kels. And it's so funny. And you know what the thing is about it? I've met people like that. You know what I mean? Have you ever met somebody that just gave up on their name. Oh yeah, there are people here that pronounce my name wrong all the time, and Wait. I just move and I just move on. Really, I feel yeah. like Crescepho is not that hard. No, people here pronounce my name wrong all the time. Grassifo? Yeah, uh, they they emphasize the F. Like it's chef. No, <laughs> no. Grassifo. Yeah, wrong. There you go. You could start a kitchen. You could have a food truck. <laughs> no. Grassifo, James no. Grassifo. <laughs> they they keep they keep pronounce. I just have I just don't tell them. Yeah. So did, now, did did you just get that here? Did you always get Grishefo or some? no? You get different pronunciations. Yeah, yeah. See, I never dealt with that because I'm Vince Quinn. Like that's it's pretty easy. You know what I mean? That's that's a hard one. It's almost impossible to screw. You up. are blessed. I don't know if I'm blessed. You are blessed I, with a name that's easy yeah. to pronounce. Well, the other thing is too. I'm not like I feel bad for anybody named Mike to some degree. You know what I mean? Like the number of times where I've been in a classroom. When I was growing up, and there'd be like eight guys named Mike in the same room. And it was always like, okay, Mike B, Mike G, Mike Q. Like, you just had to always throw the last initial in because there was too many Mikes. But being Vince is, is nice in that way. Like, it's a common name, but it's not, I don't know. It's, it, was, it was easy to pronounce. All that stuff was good. But, 
yeah, like I grew up with people in high school, you know, and, and they, they really, I, and I would ask them at times being like, no, I actually want to know how your name is pronounced. I would like to say your name properly. I mean, you are a person, you are a friend of mine. I'd like to say your last name properly. And they'd be like, yeah, it really just doesn't matter. <laughs> I just, I've just totally given up at this point. <laughs> Okay, this is your moment. This is your moment to set it right. It's just, nope, Uh, who cares? And I'm just curious. I would love to hear if you're out there and you've had a name like that, that people have just constantly butchered. Like, what is that name? What are the variations that you've gotten? How absurd has it been? Do you try? Have you just given up? Do you just have a different name now? Like, how has that gone? 855 212 4227 because I have not lived that life. Vince Quinn it's just too easy. You know, my for me the only thing is when people meet me they'll do stuff like, "Hey, Vinny," or "Hey, can I call you Vin Quinn?" and stuff like that. Like that's that's all I get. So people try to like rename me a little bit and it's like That's no, absolutely ludicrous. Well, it's, I mean, it's it, on some level it, it could it's all about intent, right? If somebody's showing up and it's mean spirit and they're like, hey, Vinny, it's like your name's Vinny now. And it's like, all right, no, it's not. <laughs> if you're being friendly about it, that's totally okay. But you're not renaming me. I will go by Vince. Thank you very much. But otherwise, yeah, I mean, I, I just haven't had people screw up my name. So I would love to hear from somebody like that, 855-212-4227. Uh, I'm Vince Quinn, and you'll get on the line with James Grisheffo, who will answer your call. <laughs> so... There you have it. Now, oh, let me do this, too. Let me tell you that we are coming from the Roquette Livet Mortgage Studios. So, also known as the Rocket Mortgage Studios. And you need to know what it takes for a home to fit your budget and your family. Roquette Ken. So, Let's talk about the NFL for a minute in a way that isn't just mispronouncing people's names to the point where you just rename somebody and nobody understands what their actual name is. Um, what the NFL's doing right now, if you have not seen what the NFL's doing with vaccines, this is wild stuff. Wild stuff. This is big time stuff. And I'm just telling you that I know sooner rather than later, this is going to be, if it's not like, the firestorm topic yet it's going to be very soon because here's what's happening and before we we start the firestorm here we you got to understand that you know sports are different than the real world to some degree our lives and the lives of athletes are different but when you hear that the NFL is going out of their way to make sure that NFL players are identified for whether or not they've been vaccinated, you go, whoa, like, whoa, okay, now, that is that is an aggressive move, right? Because we all know the political baggage that goes into everything Boy, with everything. That escalated quickly. Yeah, it's, it's, it, it did. And for the NFL, you might go, well, why? Why are they doing this? Why on God's earth? For these different athletes who, you know, and for some people vaccinated or non-vaccinated, they don't want to say anything. They don't want to get into the conversation. They don't want to be a part of the political whatever. They just want to exist and shut up and live their lives and collect a paycheck on whatever side they're on. But now the NFL is saying, hey, look, we're we're going to identify whether you're vaccinated or not. So you might be thinking to yourself, why are they doing it? Well, 
It's two reasons. One, a little bit selfish, a little bit selfish. Remember Tuesday night football? Remember Wednesday night football? Remember a backup practice squad wide receiver playing quarterback for the Denver Broncos? They don't want to do all of that. They don't want to deal with all of that mess. They don't want to have all of these games that are totally ruined by COVID before they start. So people don't want to go to the stadium. People don't want to watch on TV. They don't want to deal with any of that. It ruins the game. It ruins the game. If you don't have an entire offensive line group, that ruins the game. If your receivers are all in the same room, and they've all got COVID or they're all exposed and now they're all in quarantine, that ruins the game. It just does. I don't care what team you are. It ruins a game to lose a whole position group. That's the kind of thing that happens. You don't want to see it. The NFL hates that. To have to go and now move games to Tuesday and, okay, well, let's get this by and we'll switch it with this team's by and we'll move this around. They don't want to do any of that. They want to sit back. They want to watch the games play when they're scheduled and they want to live their lives and count money. I don't blame them. I don't. That's just what they want. That's a reasonable cash, thing. Homie. Yeah, it's straight cash, homie. It's a business. That's what they're looking for. That's what this is. So they don't want to reschedule all these games and deal with all the mess and have games just completely go sideways because of COVID. They, they want to get past it. The vaccine's out here, and it's a business, so that's what they're going for. But here's the other thing, and this is probably more of the reason of why this is all actually happening. Again, identifying players on the field As to whether or not they're vaccinated, we could know week one of the regular season, every player in the NFL and their vaccination status. Think about that. That's a big deal. Like, that's a very big deal. All the different cities and how they respond to these different players and how the players handle it in press conferences and what do you say as a coach or a GM and all the junk around it. It could get ugly. It could get it very ugly very fast. Why would the NFL, as much as they want to play, not play on Tuesday or Wednesday and they want to get the games on time, why would they do that to all their players and cause all of that kind of fuss? Well, gambling. Gambling. I mean, that's what it is. It's gambling. That's what all of this has to do with. Because think about this, okay? I saw a report earlier this week. It might have been even in the past 24 hours. And I believe the two of the least vaccinated teams in the NFL are Washington and Indianapolis, and they are under 50% for their roster. Under 50. Who wants to bet on the Colts week one? Huh? Who's excited? Who's in on the Colts? What's their over-under? How good do you feel about it? Do you want to go in on a Colts over-under for a team that's under 50% vaccination rate? Probably not. You know, you're going to be scared of that one. But you know what? That information matters. Based on how the sport is run and the impact of the rules, that affects money in a very real way. These leagues are in bed with gambling now. They've made that choice. There's all the money that comes with it. People get to bet freely. You're you're at home. You're on the beach. Whatever you're doing, hanging out in the lake house, you're having a great time. You're betting on your phone. You're betting on your computer. You can bet on your TV if you want to. I mean... You can walk the dog, and the dog's going to be like, well, I got a good line going today on the uh, Chiefs and Ravens game. How are you feeling? Like, you can just bet whenever you want. So for it to be that easy, great. You're making a lot of money, but also you got to be open about this stuff. Because imagine the scenario where you place the bet and you don't know. You don't know. 
the number of people that make high-profile bets, and that's really the biggest thing. Do they? How big of a deal is it, at least, that a guy, just regular guy, somebody you work with, hey, man, I put 50 bucks on the, I don't know, on the Patriots to win the Super Bowl, and what do you know, COVID numbers and whatever, they didn't do it, and they lost, and they didn't make the playoffs, and now I'm really angry. That's, I mean, just a regular guy, it's not going to make that much of a difference, but if you're getting high-stakes bettors that are making multiple $100,000 kind of plays, you know, big-time laying down money kind of stuff, and you're making those bets, and you don't have COVID info, and now these guys are teams that you don't realize, hey, this team's more vaccinated than this team, which is less vaccinated than that team. There could be hell to pay. I mean, you could be talking about lawsuits and all sorts of stuff. Withholding that information and the damage it does when the NFL has all of that data because they know they are keeping track of this. They are saying if you have 85% of your players vaccinated, you can do this and that. So they have the information and now they have to tell people. So think about that. I mean, it it makes sense. It makes sense. You're going to have to do it because gambling exists because you're in a world where you are directly partnered with gambling outlets you need to reveal the information of who's vaccinated and who's not because it affects the games. It affects player totals. It affects everything that goes into betting. So now you got to lay out what their deal is. It's crazy to think about, but that is what we're heading towards. I mean, I, I haven't just read multiple reports about it, but the last thing I saw was, and I believe it was pro football talk. They put out the idea that it was a like quote unquote core concern Because there's too much money at stake. You know, all these gambling partners aren't going to want to be at risk because the info isn't out there and somebody's mad. Now they're going after the outlet because, oh, their line is rigged because they have COVID info and whatever. Like, you just don't want to deal with it. So it's all got to just be out there, which means players are going to be out there with identifiers of whether or not they got vaccinated. And that's going to change a lot of how we look at this season. It's going to change a lot. But that's coming. So just something to be ready for. Now, if you want to get in, 855-212-4227, that's how you join the show. But also, we've been going from one incredibly serious, divisive political topic to something hilariously dumb and fun is pronouncing your last name wrong and people never understanding how your last name is actually said. And let's go to uh, Alex in Pennsylvania. Hello, Alex. Hey, Vince. How's it going? It's going good. What's going on? All right, so uh, I've always been envious of people like you because my last name is the same number of letters as yours and much more difficult to pronounce. So what is it? It's Nivis with a long I sound. Nivis? And I al- yeah, and I always get like Nivis or Nevis, and it always drives me nuts. <laughs> must drive you crazy. Like, I would do anything to have the last name Quinn. You have no idea, man. <laughs> so how do you spell Nivis? N-I-V-U-S. N I V U S. Okay, now do you do you correct people when they call you Navis or Nivis? Yeah, I do. Yep, I gave up on it for a little bit, uh, like ten years ago, and now I'm back on correcting people because I just feel like, if, especially if I was someone like the Kelf brothers, I would go ahead and tell people my name once I made a name of myself. You know what I mean? Well, that's the thing that's so funny about those two. Like, they are legitimate, bona fide NFL stars, and they could very easily be like, hey, we understand there was some confusion, and we let it go for a while. But actually, it is Kels, and that is our name, and we take pride in it, and we would appreciate it if he called us Kels going forward. Like, everything's good, but just call us Kels. They, they're right. just and they're good. accept that. Yeah, they're not changing it, though. I don't think it's going to change anytime soon. 
<laughs> so probably not. They're the Kelseys. It just say, it is what it oh, is. Sorry. No, I but, just also wanted to say uh, you and James are awesome, dude. You guys should get your own show and you call it Vinny and the Chef. Vinny and the Chef. There we go. Grigefo. <laughs> Alex, thank you, my friend. Appreciate the call. Alex Navis joining us live on CBS Sports Radio. <laughs> oh, anyway, 855-212-4227. That's how you join the show. 855-212-4227. I'm Vince Quinn with you here on CBS Sports Radio. And coming up next, let's talk about how the NBA Finals will bring about the strangest kind of unity. And that is next. You're listening to The Vince Quinn Show on CBS Sports Radio. Listening to the Vince Quinn Show on CBS Sports Radio. So, uh, Grishefo, so you've played this song a lot. Yeah. Who sings this? Uh, I believe it's DeBarge. What is DeBarge? It's who sings the song, El DeBarge. Wait, it, now there's an L? There's an L DeBarge? What is El DeBarge? Yeah, don't don't quote me on that. 100%. Oh, it's a person. Yeah. I yeah. thought it was a group called yes. El DeBarge. No, it's a person. Like the. Well, it would be the the barge in different languages, so L de barge would not make any sense. So no, there's a person named El Eldra Patrick de Barge. There we go. Okay, the more you know, I rhythm I, of the night because we're on during the night. Well, we I get that. Yeah, I I wasn't. What is the context Spelling it out for, for you to, for you to play such a song like this? Although to be fair, we are a morning show. So. And the sun's not out. That doesn't matter. The sun is down for plenty of the morning. For half of the morning, most of the year, the, the sun, sun is, is not, not out. out, it's the night. It is. Wait, right now, East Coast time, 3.40 in the. Uh-huh. Yeah, there you go. There you go. That's all I'm saying. That's all I'm saying. Well, shout out to El Everyone would disagree with you that works here. Well, yes, but that doesn't matter. It's not a lie if no, I believe it. No, I mean, who, who, who cares what management says about anything? No, it's not a lie yeah. if I believe it. That's all. That's all that matters. It is a morning show. I'm going to die on that hill. And it is what it is. But a couple of things going on here. So one, name, image, likeness rules. Another little, you know, because there's going to be a lot of stuff here over the next coming, I mean, really, weeks, months, years. There's going to be so many new things that are evolving with all of this. There's a story that came out of Michigan And this is something that is so simple and so obvious and should have been done years ago. And it's another reminder why all of this was so stupid to begin with. All of the name, image, likeness denials were dumb. Okay? The whole thing was dumb because they left money on the table. So here's the thing. Now Michigan is allowing the sale of jerseys of their athletes with the names on the back 
What do you What do you know? I mean, they've sold jerseys with the numbers before, but like, yeah, this makes sense. God forbid your starting quarterback is good and kids at the school or high schoolers or alumni or whatever. People go, yes, I would like to buy the jersey of this kid and I will go buy it at the school store. I will pay the school for it. They will make money for giving me this fine jersey. And also some of the money will go to the kid whose jersey I'm actually buying. The crime that has been committed. You know, it's like this is all it's all so obvious. It's all so easy. And here we are. This is a big innovation. Like, I have to sit here and go, wow, things have really changed. A kid is actually getting paid when someone buys their jersey. What a revolution. But that's where this is going. And now, I mean, you look around at all of these different schools. What's happening? This team is getting sponsored by this gym. And this team's getting sponsored by this moving group. And all this different stuff. And what do you know? The school's going to make more money because they're brokering the advertising deals that are getting these kids paid. Great. Pay your teams. Pay your kids. Pay your athletes. If you're doing that and you're the school and you're providing stuff, everything's fine. You're doing better probably. So you look at all that and it's just, it's silly. But yes, finally, you're getting, you know, a jersey you can buy with the kid's name at the team store and, and the kid's getting paid. So good for Michigan. Good for Michigan and everybody else. Catch up. Seriously. Soon. 855-212-4227. We go to Jasper in Tennessee. Hello, Jasper. Hey, how you doing? What's up? Uh, I'd like to put my uh, knowledge in with for the uh, COVID-19 vaccinations. Each player that gets the COVID-19 shots, they should they should want to go ahead and get it cleared up by announcing the health department, which county they were vaccinated in, to supply the information. I don't see a problem with it. If the player has a problem with it, they should be suspended. Well, I, I mean, I don't want to get too deep into the actual issues of political and whatever. So let, let's say this. And Jasper, thank you. Here's all I'm going to say is when it comes to the NFL, because again, like, could I have, I would gladly have this conversation with somebody off the air. There's a lot to talk about. I think it's an interesting topic. It's sports talk radio. You got to You got to know what field you're playing in. All right. So let's, let's understand the game here. But like, we're dealing with the league coming out and saying that players should be identified for whether or not they got the vaccine. They walk out onto a field, hey, this guy's got a blue sticker, this guy's got a red sticker, this guy's vaccinated, that guy's not. Something to that effect, wristbands, whatever it is. Um, So when they're setting it up like that, when that is the plan, they are very dead set on identifying players for it. The interesting thing is that they, they can do it. And for players, their medical stuff is different. So I don't know how HIPAA laws work exactly, but generally... You know when a player gets surgery, you know if it's successful or not. Well, they usually don't tell you it's not successful, but they always tell you it is successful, so you get that whether it's true or not. Um, You find out, hey, this guy's got a busted hip more often than not. That's what he's working on. Hey, Drew Brees has like 18 collapsed ribs, which I, I didn't realize you could break all those ribs, and collapsed lungs to go with it. Wow, that's like, that's a serious injury. It's amazing that he's playing football again at like two weeks after that happened, but he did. And we knew about it, and we watched him play. So all that stuff comes out. It's just 
somebody asked earlier about HIPAA laws and does that apply to NFL players with a vaccine? I don't know. Like the, the best, the only logical thing I can think of is they've signed up to play with the NFL. These are the rules. The NFL said, hey, we prefer that you get vaccinated. And they very much strongly influence players to do that over the course of the offseason. Some teams have gotten enough players to do it. 85% threshold is what you're looking for. Enough teams have done that. Some teams are under 50. So, you know, it's the NFL. There are players from all over the country, ranging ages from 21 to, I mean, God, Tom Brady, he's 5,000 years old. So people of all these different ages from all across the country, every different race. I mean, it's, it's everything. So you have a mixture of America in the NFL. And as much as it is a mixture of America, they are employees of the National Football League. They have signed up. They they understand the rules of it. They understand the expectations, drug tests, all those things that players normally go through. They've gone through those things. They've agreed to those things, and they're here to play. So I don't know if it's just because they signed the contract. The NFL has the right within the contract to go and, and make this happen, but... That's what it looks like they're going to do. So, anyway, uh, that's that's one of the things we're figuring out. Is if on a legal level, whether people have insight other than it's just hey, they're a business. People signed up for it. They this is the decision they've made as a business, and it is what it is. There's really not much you can do. So, let's get into this. Just a, a totally different topic, but within the NFL. Um, you see the story with Jalen Ramsey. This is an interesting one. I like Jalen Ramsey a lot, by the way. I like guys that talk smack in the NFL. I just do. They're fun. It, it makes the league more interesting. You know, you, you want a good heel once in a while. You want a guy that people don't like. And for me, I like defensive players. You know, it's it's fun for me to watch a guy like Jalen Ramsey come into the league immediately. He's a top five pick. He talks all this smack. He plays incredibly well. All pro, pro bowls, all that kind of stuff. Like, he, he became a big-time star by the time he was, what, 23? Like, everybody knew who he was. If you're an NFL fan, 23. Like, he was young, and and he was great. And he talked a lot of smack. There was, a, I think it was a GQ article where he said a quarterback was bad. Was it Eli? Josh Allen. There you go. So, yeah, like, there was all sorts of stuff around this guy. He was talking earlier this week about being in Jacksonville, which... If you think about Jacksonville and how everything changed with the Jags, that went from one of the most interesting, fun, exciting, like great defensive teams in the NFL to just absolute garbage in, what, two years? They were a half away from beating Tom Brady and the Patriots and going to the Super Bowl with Blake Bortles as their starting quarterback. You can't undersell that. That is amazing. That is unbelievable. That is a feat among feats. And then everything went bad. All these guys were demanding to get traded. Uh, What do you know? Bortles wasn't any good the next year. Like, all this different stuff came together. So now Jalen Ramsey is gone. Calais Campbell was a big player for them. He was gone. Malik Jackson, gone. Um, Yannick Ngakwe, Leonard Fournette. Like, all these guys that made the team, Allen Robinson, all these guys that made the team were gone. And you wonder what happened. Right? Just how does this happen? How does a young, talented team just disappear like that so quickly? And part of it was they just didn't get along with management. They brought in Tom Coughlin, who had won Super Bowls with the Giants, sure, 
But Tom Coughlin, a hardline guy. Infamous for, hey, if you don't show up five minutes early for a meeting, it's not just that you're late, but you're late and you're getting fined. So, very aggressive approach to things. Now, you might say, hey, Vince, this is the kind of team that, hey, you need a hard presence. And you know what? Sometimes teams do. Sometimes teams do. Sometimes players do. You need somebody to come in and just say, you know, this is ridiculous. Like, you're not being professional. This is what being a professional is. This is what I expect from you day in and day out. These are the things that you need to change on your routine or your game day preparation or your personal circle or whatever it is. There's a billion things that go on in the lives of athletes and players and coaches and all of it getting fixed in one way or another or going bad in one way or another. There's a lot of things that happen. But sometimes getting that disciplinarian, you know, Bill Parcells for all those years where he was romanticized for coming in as a disciplinarian and what he could bring to a team. Tom Coughlin was supposed to be the same thing. But as much as you want to do that, And the idea is great. Hey, young team, strong-willed guy, whatever. Like, this seems to be the good, natural, historic fit. Doesn't always work. And when it goes bad, a situation like that, it can go horribly wrong. And that's what happened in Jacksonville. It just, it was a bad match. Thinking about the roster, the players, Coughlin, the different fines and suspensions and everything that went into all of it. It just went so rotten so quickly. And it's a weird thing. Because, again, Tom Coughlin was successful. Jalen Ramsey is still a great cornerback. But it just didn't work. And you look back at that and you go, man, I mean, nice idea. Just awful in reality. You know, just absolutely awful in reality. Now, you look at the Jaguars now, and obviously... It's a completely different team, right? They're essentially a blank slate. They just don't have a whole lot going on. They lose a bunch of games. They get the number one pick in the draft. Now you got Trevor Lawrence. Now you got ETN. Uh, They drafted a receiver that was fun. I'm spacing on his name right now. They they made some stuff happen. Like they they were doing some cool stuff, some interesting stuff. They signed Tebow. Whether you consider that cool or interesting is very much a personal preference. And um, they they're just a they're a weird, strange team. They have all these odd things happening. Like, hey, we drafted Travis Etienne in the first round to be a running back that really plays wide receiver in the slot. And it's like, really? You drafted a running back in the first round for that when you also have a good running back that was a rookie last year that cost you nothing? You know, like, what are you doing? So they're very strange. Well, the thing that comes out now is Urban Meyer is getting frustrated about the lack of time He's getting with NFL players and not surprising, you know, in some level, this is a welcome to the big leagues moment. He hasn't been an NFL head coach. It's a whole different world. It's a whole different environment. And if you get a guy that's an NFL assistant, they understand they've been through this on some level. I mean, being a head coach is a different experience. That, that is different too, but being around NFL players, what that environment is, what the relationship is, seeing what the workout schedule is day in and day out, how you structure the week, what you do on a bye week versus a, a Thursday night game or whatever. Like they've just been through that grind and Urban Meyer hasn't been through that. So even though Urban, I mean, it's Urban Meyer, his track record is ridiculous just as a coach in terms of his ability to get a roster, build a roster, recruit, win games. His track record is about as good as it gets. And so could he do it with Jacksonville? Yes. But 
things like this are what make you think it's going to take a year or two before he really figures it out. It's just an adjustment period. So you get a little glimpse of that now. But if you want to get in, 855-212-4227. That's how you join the show, 855-212-4227. I'm Vince Quinn here on CBS Sports Radio. You can always join the show on Twitter at It's Vince Quinn, and that's one word, It's Vince Quinn. When we come back, naughtiness at the Olympics and a little more on the Suns in the finals. That's next. You're listening to the Vince Quinn Show on CBS Sports Radio. CBS Sports Radio. You're listening to The Vince Quinn Show, weekend overnights on CBS Sports Radio. Got to change that to weekend mornings. Yes, Vince Quinn, we are on hour three of the program. Welcome in on CBS Sports Radio. We've been talking about the NBA Finals here and there, of course. You had games, uh, I almost said game six, game five. Not game six quite yet. We had game five last night, and it's a great game. It's a great game. It's just a, a lot of different stuff. Big runs, big leads, swings, controversial moments. You know, there's just a lot of great stuff that happened last night. It was a lot of fun. And if you want to get in and talk about it, join the show. Like, that's that's what this is all about. We're just trying to have a good time. We're all just trying to get through the night, right? 855-212-4227. That's how you get in. 855-212-4227. Now, speaking of getting through the night, Have you seen what's going on with the Olympics right now? Because (laughs) this is one of the silliest, most ridiculous stories that I've found in quite some time. Okay, here's the deal. At the Olympics, they're in a state of emergency because COVID is running rampant over there. So they hit the state of emergency recently. They're still having the Olympics obviously, and they're just not allowing any spectators. So you'd figure you're probably not getting any tourists really whatsoever because who's desperate to fly into a state of emergency? So it's going to be all just Olympic athletes. And and even if you did fly over, I mean, what are you going to do? Try to find a bar that's open somewhere? <laughs> just sit and watch it on TV? I mean, I guess you can, but uh, I don't know what you're really doing. just seems like a waste of time to me. But anyway, uh, they're spending because they're trying to limit the spread of COVID, which is there's already a couple of announced cases in the Olympic Village. They're trying to reduce the spread of it in an interesting, natural way. They're trying to stop people from getting it on. That is the goal. They are talking about dingling. Yeah, they're just trying to. Nope. It's just. eh. I mean, I went to Catholic school as a kid. So it was a lot of like nuns stepping in at the dance. Not the girls were dancing with me, but I would see it on the floor and they'd step in, save some room for the Holy Spirit. You know, like that's what Japan is doing. Japan is going for a collective, let's save some room for the Holy Spirit and separate. Yep. That's, that's what you got. I mean, Oh, a tremendous pipe. You got to think about the environment here, right? 
You're talking about Olympic athletes. You are talking about the best of the best of people across the world. You're basically getting the Avengers from every country on on the whole planet. And you're putting them all together in their late teens, early 20s, late 20s, early 30s. Things happen, okay? Like every time after the Olympics, you get all these stories of like, well, the Olympic Village, things got spicy, and they don't get into the details as much as you want to hear them because who wouldn't want to hear them? I mean, you're talking about, yeah, like what what happens over there? Blacking a wine. Well, that might be what happens this year. Blacking a wine. Yeah, because they've built beds. So this is this is part of their effort to save room for the Holy Spirit. Okay, here's what they've done: is they've built beds for the Olympics out of cardboard. Okay, they built the beds out of cardboard, and the idea is that they're not built for quote unquote celebrations. <laughs> green wiener. Does that say green? Opens with, does that open with the color green? What just happened? Green wiener. Green. What just happened? What went wrong? Oh, my goodness. Okay. Um, so you've got these cardboard beds, and they're not built for... Jackhammer. <laughs> it's a jackhammer. <laughs> okay let's get it together here let's get it together let's get this back straight back on track (laughs) they they have these things built for the weight of one person no celebrating the whole idea is the beds are literally built to collapse if something happens on them which might be a badge of honor to certain people. Why couldn't you just go on the floor? Well, yeah. It's it's like there's so many different... There's been books that have been written that everybody knows. Are there bathrooms in the rooms? I would... I, I can't imagine. I mean, do oh. people use the... Do Olympians use the bathroom? Oh. Do they have to use the bathroom, could you, Olympians? Could you imagine that hap- happening in a bathroom? No, no. Never. Never. I mean, I couldn't. There's no... I don't think there's any cars in Japan, apparently. They've never... Nobody's ever driven a car. Like, it's it's such a ridiculous thing, you know? Like, they're grasping at straws in, uh, in such an artificial way. And if anything, because if, think about this, right? I, I'm pretty sure I've given this example before on the show. But there was a point where I was a kid, right? And I'm sitting at the dinner table. And my mom is, my mom bakes up a storm. She can't help herself just all the time. She's just making cookies constantly, this kind of cookie, that kind of cookie, making a cake, just like constantly baking. And we had all these chocolate chip cookies that were sitting out on the table. And I wasn't really paying any mind to them. I'm just kind of hanging out. And my brother goes, hey, Vince. I'm like, what? Hey, Vince. Yeah. You can't have any of those cookies. So immediately I reach for one of the cookies. Of course, I've just been told I can't have it. What do you think that I want? What do you think that I want? So now you're going to have all these athletes. Again, the strongest, most flexible athletes in the world. 
You're going to have them all together. And they're going to look at this problem and go, hmm, the bed's, bed's only built for one person. Get in your mouth. Yep. Yep. Like, there's just, there's so many things you can do. I just, it, what's the point? You know what I mean? You're running the Olympics. You've made the commitment. Things are going to happen regardless. People are going to have to accept the consequences at this point. You accept the consequences of your actions. Right, wrong, indifferent. You'd make a choice. It is what it is. You've decided to run the Olympics. You're bringing all these people in. You have a state of emergency. You know the deal. You give people the ground rules. But this is what we're doing? I mean, it just... Which also, here's the thing. They hit a state of emergency recently. Um, Were they always planning the beds to be like this? Did they just suddenly whip up these cardboard beds? Like, I just... I don't understand any of it. It's just very confusing. But... That's what they decided to do. So good luck with that. I mean, really, like, there's no chance that any of that works at all. Who is your daddy? (laughs) And what does he do? Oh. That's what's up. (laughs) Perhaps one of the strangest segments on a very strange show. Oh, man. All right. Well, with that being said, we're coming to you live from the Rocket Mortgage Studios. Need to know what it takes for a home to fit your budget and your family? Rocket can. So, wow. Um, anyway, let's let's talk about the finals again, shall we? Let's, let's get back to sanity and sense to some degree. I mean, I guess... Let's just do it for let's do it a little bit. Yeah, there we go. Um, woo. So, okay. Here's one of the things. Looking at the finals and how this whole series is going. You know what? Here's, here's the first thing I want to say that we haven't gotten to yet, and I love this. Fans get really aggressive sometimes with the custom jersey. The custom jersey, a lot of things can happen. I've seen somebody, like, I had a year where... I had one year where a buddy of mine, his dad had season tickets. I was able to get on the plan. This was a couple of years ago. And I saw an adult walking around with a custom jersey where the name was Nintendo and the number was 64. Um, <laughs> that happened. A man paid for a Nintendo 64 jersey and wore it around all the time. In some ways, he's my hero. And... You see stuff like that. You're like, all right. Like, sometimes you look at a custom jersey and you go, this is the dumbest thing I've ever seen or this is the greatest thing I've seen. I saw somebody tonight during the broadcast for the NBA Finals as they were going to uh, Deer District, right? I've got it now, Deer District. Yes, there we go. Mr. Grisheffo has uh, has given me... <laughs> I'm not going to... I don't know why I've decided that's so funny, but I've decided it's hilarious. Um, so... Yes, we the Deer District. Um, I saw a guy at the front of the line, like right up there. He's up against that, that rack that they set up. He's holding a custom Bucks in six jersey, which I was like, 
Dan. You know, like that is commitment. I you love to see it. Because it's an it's a dangerous investment in so many ways, right? To go and invest in that jersey, Bucks in six, because it, obviously the reward is the Bucks win at six. I mean, hey, they won at six. You wear you wear that jersey all the time, constantly. If the Bucks win in six, you just do, right? You made the investment, you took the risk, you reap the reward. You wear it all the time, you get high fives, strangers take pictures with you wearing the jersey on the street during the parade. Like, you just live it up. You have the time of your life. If they win in seven, it's a little weird. It's a little weird. You know, it's a bit of a miss. Maybe you get the number unstitched. Maybe you get somebody to put on a seven, and you, you try to just... Forget all of that happened. You're like, no, I ignore those outlines for a six. I I don't even know what you're talking about. No, this was I I always bought this as bucks and seven. <laughs> Meant that from the start. So that's one. Obviously, of course, the Suns could win in seven. And in that case, I don't know what you do with the jersey. I don't know if you donate it. I don't know if you just bury it somewhere. It sits in your closet for thirty years, and you go, oh yeah, that was a dumb purchase. Thirty years later, I, I don't know what you do. But seeing a guy that bought and made. A uh, Bucks in six jersey. I was like, man, he's actually on track. Like, good, good for that guy. He could be living a great life in a couple of days. Now, game six is on Tuesday, so we'll see how all that goes. But I very much enjoyed that. Now, from the other side of this equation, looking at the Suns a little bit, who they, they had some weird, rowdy, interesting fans. I, I really enjoy shots of the Suns crowd. But looking at the team, And what was going on with them? It's just, it's so weird to see a team that was mature beyond its years, the whole playoffs. And there's points, these crucial points here and there, where they just have awful possessions. I mean, they had some really downright bad possessions at the end of the game tonight. Uh, There was a point where they dropped the ball off to Aiton, and there's probably like 10 seconds left on the shot clock. And they just tried to let him go to work against Giannis, and that didn't work out. That didn't work out. That was an awkward shot. It didn't go in. Um, There was a point, obviously, the the big one being the possession with Devin Booker at the end of the game. Devin Booker, he drives in. There's maybe 20 seconds left in the game. He's driving in. He gets wrapped up by Drew Holiday. Ball comes loose. Bucks recover it. They throw it down to Giannis, and and that, that was pretty much it. Like, you see these moments where a team that was so put together, they struggle. And it's surprising because the whole playoffs for everything the Suns have been through, because especially earlier in the playoffs, I mean, Chris Paul missed games a couple of times. He had an injury to his shoulder early. Then later he had a, a COVID thing, a COVID scare. And he missed a couple of games because of that. And you know what? They were fine. Fine. Playing the Clippers didn't matter. Played well. Looked good. Kawhi was healthy then. They were all right. But here they are in the finals after going up two games to none. And now suddenly you see these sloppy possessions at the end of the game. You see the misses in big moments. And it just feels like the Suns are a little different now. And it very well could be the deciding factor. And it's it's just a shock. I mean, really, on some level, I am shocked that the Bucs are up right now in the series, that they're up three to two. I just didn't see it happening. And so how do you feel about this series? What have you made of it? What did you think of the game tonight? 
855-212-4227. That's how you join the show. 855-212-4227. I'm Vince Quinn with you here on CBS Sports Radio. We'll be right back.